Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Even duct tape can't fix stupid. If General Milley had these communications with the Communist Party of China, he's a smoked turkey, and he ought to be. America is not Myanmar. America is not Guinea. Um, if it's true, General Milley, if it's true, General Milley broke the chain of command, but much worse, he broke the inviolate rule of civilian control of the military. That's Senator John Kennedy, always colorful. Duct tape won't fix stupid. But we'll have more on uh, where we are with the Bob Woodward book and General Milley and that whole story uh, coming up. We'll get to a little more of that. Yeah, the uh, mystery deepens and thickens. Speaking of deep, thick mysteries, I my eye was caught by a headline. I think it was in the now awful, just unforgivable uh, USA Today. Um, but it was about uh, a powerful lawyer and his family in South Carolina that was suspected of uh, foul play. And I got sucked into the story. I just I flipped it open, and I've, I've become fascinated with the case. So I keep checking back with it. A little history. Because there's a big update today that's getting everybody's attention. Oh, that's just insane. Yeah, yeah. So begins in 2018, the Murdaugh family. You have to understand the the uh, Mr. Murdaugh, and there are too many names. Um, but the the old old man Murdaugh was the third generation a guy in his family to be the essentially the district attorney of that whole district of South Carolina, which included multiple counties. So he had the job. His pappy had the job. His grandpappy had. Well, the job. that's got to be good. Yeah, just huge legacy of, of power and under the law. Every cop, every judge, every, you know, flipping uh, the, the court transcript person. What do you call those? Stenographer? The, uh, See, it would have been good if I could have come up with that word. It was really, I had a good sentence roll in there. But anyway, everybody involved in the law knows the Murdoughs wow. and knows them well. I didn't know that still went on anywhere in America. Three generations holding that power. Yeah, yeah. So in 2018, their longtime housekeeper died at their home in an apparent slip and fall. Her name, Gloria Satterfield, but her death certificate indicated she died of natural causes and the death was not reported to the local coroner's office. According to the state police, essentially, uh, no autopsy was uh, performed. Her estate later filed a wrongful death claim against Alex Murdaugh. That's the, that's the dad whose name I couldn't remember and settled for about half a million dollars. So that's that's interesting, isn't it? The housekeeper dies at the house. So, well, what are you going to do? Then the Accidents next... happen. Exactly. And indeed, the next February, Murdaugh's teen son, Paul, got drunk boating with five friends and though they were yelling, screaming for him to stop and pull over, you're going to hurt us, blah, blah, blah. He went reeling around on the boat drunkenly and, and ran into a bridge piling. And one of the passengers, a 19-year-old girl named Mallory Beach, disappeared, was thrown from the boat, disappeared into the water, and, and was found dead a week later. It really doesn't sound like the actions of the son of a three-generation rich, powerful family. It doesn't sound like the sort of thing those people do. 
Yeah, no kidding. So this Paul Murdaugh, that's the son, the drunken boating son, faced three felony charges, including boating under the influence, causing death, etc. But the trial was never scheduled. It just kind of ground on and on. Uh, And while waiting for that trial to finally happen, Paul Murdaugh, the drunken boater, and his mother were murdered on the family uh, uh, homestead. They've got like a 300-acre spread of land where they hunt and fish and the rest of it. So drunk boater and mom gunned down brutally. Dad finds the bodies, okay, and, and calls the authorities and blah, blah, blah. That case is grinding on, unsolved. Many leads chased, no conclusion reached. This reminds me of Ozark. I mean, that, that that kind of a thing. Oh, I'm telling you, it's straight out of John Grisham or, or Ozark or your favorite, you know, the, the, what's the uh, the famous uh, novel about the old South and incest and yeah, craziness? Moby Dick. You name it, whatever. Um, so, so, so the 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 son and the and the mom get gunned down. Um, and then, oh, 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 and then the cops, having seen all this, start to think. Now, that's kind of weird. All of this is there's a lot of people croaking around here. And they reopened an investigation into the death of an 18-year-old lad who was run over by a car less than 10 miles from that family compound a couple of years ago that was just branded a, a hit and run. But they started thinking, now, wait a minute. And so they reopened the investigation there into this ultra-powerful family and whether there was any sort of... Uh, uh, relationship. So that brings us to the latest chapter, which I mean, are you up on it pretty much? I mean, you can take over or I can. I don't, I don't, it doesn't matter. Well, the powerful dad hired some guy to kill him. Well, okay. Shoot him. You, you jump to the punchline because that's your way to die. Wait a minute. So powerful dad reeling from the deaths of these people he loves. And, and if he is blameless in it, God save any of us from th- that sort of pain. Not a chance. <laughs> I'll let not, you form your, not, your own conclusion. Not a chance. Anyway, so poor dad, who's had all this tragedy befall him, has his tire uh, light go on on his car. He pulls over to the side of a rural road in, in there in the country in South Carolina and uh, is fixing the tire when some brazen lunatic drives by and shoots at him grazes his head dad comes to calls the cops says hey somebody just shot me and they're like you again Murdoch again what the, <laughs> what the hell you're like the grim reaper all right we'll come out we'll get you well not long after that the story breaks down and and old man Murdoch says yeah i actually uh kind of wanted to off myself and i wanted to have my son get my 10 million dollar uh insurance settlement uh, my surviving son i didn't have the guts to do it myself so i hired this numbskull to do it and he he shot me in the head but it kind of glanced off me and missed i hired the same guy tiger king hired to go kill carol baskin and he drove by and he missed <laughs> yeah so look i i gave you a lot of money to shoot me alongside the road uh, make sure you hit me all right you, come on you can't now. like come back and make sure i'm dead or anything so so i paid I, you a lot of money you numbskull so i just read that he was grazed how how grazed was he was he like you know he he well he called so he well, was he, so, he was conscious he was grazed in the head yeah 
the bullet hit his head. But he was conscious enough to call. Eventually. I'm not sure if he called immediately or... uh... But he had to be laying there with his head hurting thinking, what the hell? Yeah. Boy, it's millennials, huh? Am I right? (laughs) You pay the guy. If he even shows up, you're lucky. And then he does a crappy job. These contractors. All right, so so cops out there, especially, and, and mystery fans, here's another layer for you. An attorney for Murdaugh said the 53-year-old had struggled with opioid addiction for 20 years, during which time some people, quote, took advantage of his addiction and his ability to pay substantial funds for illegal drugs. One of these individuals took advantage of his mental illness and agreed to take Alex's life by shooting him in the head. Fortunately, Alex was not killed by the gunshot wound. So the lawyer's claiming that it wasn't a clever ruse by his uh, attorney client to get the insurance company to his boy and commit suicide, but he was somehow exploited into this by a drug dealer. Mm. But if if there's even a decent shred of truth to that the fact that he's had an addiction for two decades and has had to deal with some really unsavory characters for two decades ladies and germs i think that's a pretty good avenue to investigate some of those other killings wow so well well who knows i mean who knows but if he had a hand in the maid's death and then surely he didn't have a hand in his own son's death no but i tell you what when you start dancing with the devil the devil is now in your life. Yeah. And whether it was somebody who wasn't paid or maybe this uh, Murdoch guy, and this is just speculating, but maybe this Murdoch guy got pissed off at drug dealers and said, you know who I am. I can get you and your whole operation busted. And they sent a message. You don't threaten yeah. cartels. Speaking of uh, the TV show Ozark, if you've never seen it, yeah, you, you start right. dealing with these kind of people and things can go hinky really, really fast. Yeah, so um, I don't know if the answers will ever be known, but I I do believe the drug angle is probably a big factor in all this. Boy, it's got the makings of one of those uh, podcasts that uh, NPR or whoever does, right? Where they'd really dig into it and oh yeah, with a lot of moody atmospheric music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that that is some story. How crazy is that? I just I just picture the guy in his car with his bleeding head. Just I what what the hell? I mean, what do you got to do? <laughs> Simple plan. Come by. Shoot me in the head. All right. Never pay in advance. I knew that. I knew that. I knew it when I did it, but I did it. Idiot. <laughs> you'd be so mad. Oh, yeah. You'd be suicidal is what you'd be. How disappointing. Yeah. Um. Wow, what a story. So uh, a friend of the show, I need to ask if he's okay with us passing along his name for this, but a friend of the show who's really good at this sort of stuff did a real deep dive on the on the very latest information about weight gain and dieting that I found fascinating. I mean, like really fascinating. Jaw-dropping, yeah. And um, we ought to pass that along to you this hour because you're going to, well, I don't know if it's going to do you any good because there's a lot of contradictory stuff in there. Also, where we are, yes, Michael? How are uh, things nothing, nothing. Everything? You just, yes, you just we're good. Through? Okay. Um, uh, we ought to do the latest on where we are with the, Hark, the whole Mark Milley uh, General Milley, um, Bob Woodward book, and was he playing footsie with the Chinese? And did he try to pull a coup? And did he have the nuclear football in the trunk of his car? And I don't know what was going on. Has he ever been to South Carolina? Squeezed <laughs> off a shot at this lawyer? Who knows? <laughs> Text line 415-295-KFTC. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. 
Armstrong and Getty Show. She was encouraging him to subvert constitutional authority because on January 8th, 2021, Donald J. Trump was still the president and, and he would be, uh, you know, for 12 more days until noon. And, and that to me is a bigger issue. If Millie doesn't resign by Friday, I'll cut all my hair off and bake it into a cake and eat it. Either she should be under investigation for for uh, uh, exerting that influence, or she, he should be uh, under investigation for not saying, with all due respect, Madam Speaker, I'll stay in my lane, you stay in yours. Yeah, with all due respect to the constitutional crisis you're describing, can we back up a second to that whole, I'll cut off my hair, bake it in a cake, and eat it pledge? A delicious hair cake. <clears throat> it's an odd thing for a man named Brian Suits, Iraq combat vet, to say. Also a radio host and a really clever guy. I've uh, retweeted him many times. I don't think there's a chance that Millie's going to resign by Friday or any other time. Mm-mm. Um, so where are we on that whole story? Bob Woodward has another book coming out, and we talked about it a lot yesterday. You've probably heard this story if you follow the news at all. Did Millie have back-channel one-on-one conversations with the Chinese that included, we promise not to attack you, which would be a crazy thing to say? Um and uh, did he have uh, a meetings where he says, hey, I'm in charge of the, the nuclear code. If the president orders anything, you run it by me first. What? Now, that aspect of it is the only one that I think is really significant. And I know a lot of people disagree with me. The call in the Chinese general thing, I don't think is terribly. We can talk about that more. Okay. Nancy Pelosi ranting like a crazy person. I mean, what is that? An old lady was bitching at him on the phone. I mean, I, I'm not that worried about that. Well, one of the best reporters on this sort of stuff is Jennifer Griffin of Fox, and here's what she had to say on it. Unnamed sources in the Woodward and Costa book, Peril, contend General Milley told his Chinese counterpart, General Lee, that he would give him a heads-up if the U.S. planned to strike. Colonel Dave Butler, the Joint Staff spokesman, issued the following statement, quote, His calls with the Chinese and others in October and January were in keeping with these duties and responsibilities, conveying reassurance in order to maintain strategic stability. I can tell you, uh, frequent communication with two countries like Russia and China is not atypical at all for a chairman of the Joint Chiefs. Uh, and those communications are uh, the routine. They're staffed, they're coordinated, um, uh, and they're transparent, uh, as, as transparent as they can be. The White House defended General Milley. I have great confidence in General Milley. The president's experience with him is that he is a man of honor. Uh, he is a man who's, uh, the president's confident in his leadership, his patriotism, his fidelity to the con- Constitution. And apparently he's completely off the hook for the Afghanistan fiasco at this point. I guess that's ah, not excellent. even a story anymore. Yeah, he also has a completely square head. It's worth noting. Um, the specifics of the wording of the call with the Chinese general are so important because everybody, it was several people, including that report, claim he said, I'll call you before we attack. Now, if he said that, <laughs> that's insane. Yeah, it's, it's, I found that hard to believe. That like doesn't pass the smell test, as people who say that sort of thing say. Right. If, as the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, he called uh, a global uh, superpower and said, look, I know we look unstable, but we're stable. There's nothing crazy happening. We're not planning to attack you. Just don't get all, you know, don't get too tense over there and accidentally do something stupid. That happened. That does happen all the time. I agree with you. The other part about whether or not he sat down with the key particulars and one by one went around the room and said, 
you don't do anything on the president's order without running by me first. Okay? Now you look at me. You agree? We're not doing anything the president orders you to do unless you're on it by me. That just is such a detailed part of the book from the part that I've read. And the book's not out yet. There's just, you know, bits and pieces. But it just seems like so detailed, it's hard to imagine it's not true. Yeah, Milley's spin and his people's spin on it is pretty interesting. He's saying we just wanted to go over the rules for uh, nuclear engagement. We just It was kind of a rehearsal, and I wanted to make sure everybody understood. Uh, the, the stuff about swearing an oath, that's uh, crazy. Never happened. We'll never know. But as far as I can understand from reading a fair amount about this, they don't have to run things by him if the president orders it. That's oh, no, not the way no. it works. No, if it happened the way it unfolded in the Woodward book, you're right. That's crazy. But Millie's saying it wasn't that at all. We we're just going over the procedures. Yeah. I'm. Hmm. Well, who leaked it? Somebody leaked that stuff to Woodward. He'll be asked about this. He usually uh, gets his uh, hair up a little bit over the idea of being challenged on the veracity of his accounts. So um, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. You ever noticed Bob Woodward pronounces reporting rapporting? Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> He's a million years old now. So I don't know if that's going to play a role in this uh, at all either. But I don't I don't think this story is over, but I also don't think General Milley's going to be uh, resigning by the end of the week. So get your hair cake ready. <laughs> Yum. Armstrong and Getty. Well, the results of last night's California recall election are in, and Governor Gavin Newsom won. It's kind of a weird thing to celebrate. Uh, Newsom staff got him a cake that said, congrats on not being fired. (laughs) All right. The new poll out, 60% of Californians want to change the recall process so it's not so easy to have it happen. Of course, over 60% of Californians are Democrats and generally going to have a Democrat governor. Generally, you're not going to want to recall them. So there you go with that. Yeah, and the geographical divide in California is amazing. The coast is blue, the rest of the state is red. But the coast has the population. Uh, speaking of politics and who's in charge and that sort of thing, uh, we've been discussing the Nancy Pelosi slash General Milley uh, Trump 25th Amendment to the nuclear arms fracas that, who knows, the stuff from Bob Woodward's book, <clears throat> who knows what's true. But uh, we got this note from uh, Allie. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, a couple of notes on the topic of Nancy Pelosi from Allie. Joe, I'm afraid I have to disagree with your characterization of Nancy Pelosi as a frail 80-year-old woman. As a relatively healthy 58-year-old woman, if I encountered a riled-up Nancy in an alley, I think I would soil myself. She scares me. By the way, I got your Millie Don't Be a Hero reference. Good one. (laughs) Allie in Colorado. And then more significantly this from David. Guys, please refrain from stating that the Speaker of the House is third in line in presidential succession. Under Article 2, Section 1 of the Constitution, Congress declares which officer shall act as president in the event both the president and the vice president are unable to serve. Thanks for an entertaining show. Uh, You're welcome, David, and thank you for the note. On the other hand, sir, you have neglected the 
12th Amendment, the 20th Amendment, the 25th Amendment, all of which deal with presidential succession, but more fundamentally and more relevantly, the Presidential Succession Act of 1947 revised in 2006, which stated, sir, that the third in line for the presidency is specifically the Speaker of the House of Representatives. Thank you for your note, but never question me again. Thoroughly researched. I appreciate it. So, our friend Craig, the healthcare guru, who you've probably heard on the air over the years, um, did some. He does a lot of research on weight loss. He's a guy that, like practically everybody over the age of thirty, battles their weight. Mm-hmm. If you're not battling your weight over the age of thirty, it's because you've successfully battled your weight. Really. And or you're you, one of those genetic uh, specimens who doesn't have to, and, and you have no idea how lucky you are. Yeah, I don't really know anybody like that. Everybody I know who's fit, it's because they have just stayed adamantly on the track of exercising and eating right. So you are battling your weight. It's just such part of your lifestyle, you don't see it that way. Positive Sean could eat anything. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah. Um, but so Craig looks into uh, this sort of stuff all the time, and he came across what he thinks is the best, most comprehensive research and analysis he's ever seen on weight gain and our currently obesity epidemic, our current obesity epidemic, and he wanted to pass along some of the highlights. And I can tell you this, Craig has no agenda. Well, first of all, he's one of the most uh, smartest, most thorough people on this sort of stuff I've ever met in my life in terms of like reading data. And two, there's no reason for him to have any agenda. He just wants, like I want, like you want, to know what's going to work to try to not gain weight or to lose weight. Period. I don't care who's behind it or what the reasons are. I just want to know. Anyway, so here's some of the mind-blowing highlights from this giant research study. And, uh, well, one of his conclusions is there's not one thing. There's a whole bunch of different things and what it is, who knows. But we don't eat more calories today than we did 100 years ago. It's very hard to measure, but even if we do, the number of calories do not account for why obesity took off in 1980. That's when obesity really took off around 1980. And clearly, the explosion in eating hasn't really changed that much since 1980, has it? Uh, we don't eat more bread today than we did 100 years ago. Carbs and sugar have been cut in human diets quite a bit over the last 20 years with an acceleration in obesity. And there was a lot of bread eating going on when I was a kid. A lot. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, this one hurts, but is... I think clearly true. Diets don't work in the long run for meaningful weight loss and more of more than 20 pounds or so. As I've said many times, I think I know two people in the history of my life that have lost a giant amount of weight and kept it off to ever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd take 20 pounds, though. Oh, heck yeah. 20 pounds ain't nothing. Yeah. There are no statistical differences in diets. I've come across this several places, too, whether it's keto diet or vegan or Mediterranean or whatever. They all seem to work about the same, and the net result being that you tend to eat less if you stick on the diet. Um, The best diet, I think most smart people without an agenda say the best diet is the one that you will stay with, Mm -hmm. which makes perfectly good sense to me. That for whatever your taste buds, your your taste buds, your lifestyle, whatever you're all actually do it, that's the best diet. Now, this stuff is interesting. I'm a fan of the Jack Dorsey diet. I will eat nothing I don't catch and kill with my own hands. Hmm. As a suburban person, unless you're going to eat stray cats and squirrels, what would you eat? 
Well, if my neighbors are listening, I want to make it clear that was a joke. It's not uh, actually sincere. and I don't know what happened to your cat. Stop asking. <laughs> People living in higher elevations are thinner. People living along river bottoms are fattest. Now fat, fat river bottom idiots. <laughs> Please. <laughs> With their stupid river bottom lifestyle. The fish and the rocks and such. Oh, my God. Then there's some belief that that's got to do with the, the it's the contaminated runoff theory that the water running off with all the chemicals in it. People of higher elevations aren't getting as much of that water. People lower level elevations are. But you know, they don't have enough to back that up, really. But Yeah, I happen to read something. I can't remember if it was one of Craig's things or not, that um, there is a huge battle in the study of obesity whether it is indeed about calorie intake and burning or if it is biochemistry it's it's hormonal it's chemicals in the environment etc uh and and you know this reminds me of the discussion we had about uh, science in general whether it's covid or uh or global warming, or, or what have you. There are warring sides in science, and they hate each other. They resent each other. They try to get the funding yanked from each other. There are fights in science all the time. There's territorial there's turf wars and the rest of it. And the up-and-coming belief in uh, obesity studies is that it's something we haven't been looking at. Well, I, well, I was reading this stuff. I was thinking about the, the whole COVID epidemic. They, they don't know and may never know why some people get it and are fine and some people get it and it kills them. You're a 38-year-old, relatively healthy person, but it puts you in the hospital and kills you or nearly kills you. They, they're not certain of why what's going on there. Mm-hmm. And it's probably similar with the whole eating thing. Why do some people, you know, there's a tipping point of something where y- you eat the same modern lifestyle of too much crap and not enough exercise and, and end up. 350 pounds and somebody else doesn't i don't right right it's probably worth mentioning every single generation thinks it has discovered virtually all there is of science and there are a few more things but we pretty much have it down every single generation has that conceit and then three generations down the line you look back and think my god how did they even feel their way through the dark they knew so little a couple of the other highlights seed oils are likely not the culprit I had not heard that theory, but maybe for some of you that matters. Hyperpalatable foods are likely not the culprit, but processed foods likely contribute. Animals are getting fatter, both wild and domestic. So they think that's why they think that might run off for the rain or whatever. Laziness. Lazy deer. Bear, just sitting around watching TV. Lithium contamination of all things could be a big part of this, but they're not certain. But. <sighs> I don't know what you do with this information. Do your best to eat right and just try not to stress. Stress will kill you before your weight will. I tell you what, we've discussed this before. The uh, Some of these diseases that have increased and are m- much bigger on the scene, like Parkinson's, Alzheimer's and stuff, some of it might purely be that we've done such great work in heart disease and cancer that we just get to live long enough to experience some of these terrible diseases. But I also believe there are chemicals around us, probably something practically ubiquitous everywhere in our lives um, that are causing terrible problems. And maybe we know it in five years or 50 years or something like that. And again, we'll look back and it'll be like, you know, pregnant women smoking and, and swilling down, uh, you know, the wine or whatever, or, uh, you know, or, or the uh, thalidomide or uh, DDT or whatever. Um, we'll look back with pity. 
Anxiety in kids. Is that a parenting thing right. or an environmental thing? Social media? Overscheduling? Or, All of the above? Or do we have something in the environment that increases anxiety in kids and social media showed up at the same time? Right. Very few things are just one thing. Yeah, the whole it's almost impossible to lose and keep off more than 20 pounds is, uh, I know, not news a lot of people want to hear. Uh, but, you know, what's your experience shown you or the experience of your friends and family? No kidding. Yeah. Damn it. Damn it. One of these days I'm going to sell all the golf shirts I can't get into because they accentuate my moobs too much. Um. But I haven't given up yet. Have you considered an operation? A moobectomy? Seriously, have you ever considered it? I, I, it crossed my mind. Just like a liposuction type thing? Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't considered it seriously. I've like, I'm aware of it, and I've thought, hmm, I wonder if, uh, but no, no further than that, really. I got enough of a, a phobia against medical procedures that, that stops me from ever going down that road. That, and I just feel like I'd end up back in the same spot in a couple of years. Doesn't that happen a lot? That can absolutely happen, particularly if you buy the pretty well-established theory that your brain, once you hit a certain weight, your brain thinks, okay, that's the weight you need to be. And if you lose substantial weight, it thinks you're starving. And so it works like crazy to get that weight back on you. That is what science needs to tackle. Some sort of pill or hypnosis or something that gets Lobotomy, you Lobotomy, whatever it takes. New brain. Yeah. Uh, you have any comments on this that aren't trying to sell something? Text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. Okay, we get it. COVID is the precious and you love it. You love COVID so much you want it to spread into schools, at the office, in the Walmart, on the cruise ships and at the club. That gray spongy ball with the red spikes, you want it pumping through your veins with an ivermectin chaser. That's Joy Reid of MSNBC, and before we get into her role in what is being known as the Great Trinidadian Testicle Debate, <laughs> um, sounded like a mental patient. So, so I came across this last night. This is how Joy Reid, uh, who I almost hate giving her this much of a platform because she has like two hundred thousand viewers nationwide, and nobody cares what she thinks, or, which is true of most cable news shows. But anyway. well, and she's evil. This is how Joy Reid opened her show tonight. A message to Republicans, okay, we get it. COVID is the precious and you love it. You love COVID so much you want it to spread. You want it pumping through your veins. All um, uh, tens of millions of Americans love COVID so dadgum much. They're weirdos who want COVID running wild. You have a thirst for COVID. You want to threaten the safety of your own kids. You just must like attending funerals. You're all part of a COVID-loving death cult. And then she That's tu- reasonable. <laughs> and then she turns to David Plouffe, former uh, campaign guy for Barack Obama, and says, are you surprised that Republicans have seemed to embrace COVID as the precious and they're trying to get it into every school, building, cruise ship, job place, Walmart, and Texaco? And Plouffe, of course, agrees. Oh, my um, God. Uh, she, uh, she said, Republicans say, give us more, inject it into us. Is there a way we can drink COVID in a Kool-Aid cup? Because we want it, and we want it bad. We want Newsom to get out of the way so we can get COVID. I don't, I don't know what she's talking about, especially given the 
stats on how many uh, Democrats aren't getting the vaccine also, because that's the root of the issue. Well, in particular, black Democrats, and she's one of them. That, that sounds like somebody who's unhinged. Or just trying to, get a, trying to get attention, which she just did from us. So, Yeah, yeah. But so, so she and Tucker Carlson are going back and forth over, again, what is being called the great Trinidaria, Trinidadian testicle debate. Is it? Um, so <laughs> apparently Nicki Minaj, who's a, a musical artist of some sort uh, and uh, Instagram person and curvaceous beauty. Uh, and had, she tweeted her support for Tucker Carlson coming to her aid last night on his show in the, <laughs> in the great ttd trinidadian testicle debate so anyway if you're just joining uh, the story midstream <laughs> at some point this uh, Nicki minaj character had tweeted that she was hesitant to take the vaccine she was still studying it and praying on it because her cousin's friend in trinidad got the vaccine and now has swollen testicles, mm. is impotent, and his marriage has been called off. I feel like it was singular, swollen testicle, but you could be right. I don't recall whether it was one or both. Uh, but at any rate... Which would be more disturbing? For some reason, I feel like I'd be oh, more disturbed God's if one sake, really, swole. Really? Really? <laughs> so, at any rate, uh, somebody apparently took this semi-seriously... And the health minister of Trinidad, Dr. Terrence Unpronounceable... What? Wait a second. A government official from Trinidad has responded? <laughs> well, he, he felt the need to weigh in for some reason, and, and he did. 21. One of the reasons we could not respond yesterday in real time to Miss Minaj is that we had to check and make sure that what she was claiming was either true or false. We did... We, and unfortunately, we wasted so much time yesterday running down this false claim. It is, as far as we know, at this point in time, there has been no such reported either side effect or adverse event. We set up a checkpoint on the main highway through Trinidad and checked the testicles of every man who came through. It piled up traffic for hours and hours. We were, one, uh, we were unable to find a single case. Uh, of what Ms. Minaj described. It seems to us here in Trinidad, based on our expertise, that the size of his testicles fall within the range of normal. <laughs> Furthermore, we'd like to know why the world's greatest superpower is holding an argument between Nicki Minaj, Joy Reid, Tucker Carlson, and some anonymous friend of a friend whose balls have swole. Don't you have anything better to do? Love Trinidad. While on the large side of normal and quite impressive, it does not fall out <laughs> of two standard deviations of normal. All right, fine. And then, <laughs> then I guess there was, and, and God forgive me for bringing this up, now Nicki Minaj is in a fight with the White House over whether they invited her to visit or not to discuss the vaccine. Well, the reason Tucker jumped into it on his show was, uh, once again, just the idea of, can anybody be allowed to challenge any of these things or raise any questions? She didn't make any giant blanket statement. She just said she wasn't she's she ha, she knows somebody who she believes might have had an adverse effect from the vaccination. So she's looking into it more and she gets attacked the way she did by the left. And then she made quite a statement about cancel culture. We have time. Let's cram in 22, Michael. You can't speak. 
for the fear of the mob attacking you. If that doesn't give you chills up and down your spine, this is scary. You should be able to ask questions about anything you're putting inside your body. We, we, can, we ask a bunch of questions about, about the most simple thing. Oh, how that, how that glue work? Do that glue, do that, do that glue really um, keep the wig down for how many hours? Oh, because if I go in a pool and if I smell that water and how that... But you can't just innocently ask a question about something going in your body? I remember going to China and they were telling us, you know, be, you cannot speak out against the, the people in power there, etc. And I remember all of us thinking, oh, okay, well, you know, we understand and we respect the, the laws here and, and, you know, that it's so different where we live. But don't y'all see what's happening? Cancel culture is turning us into China. She shares that opinion with Peter Bogosian, professor of philosophy until recently at Portland State University. We had a great conversation with him. It is now an Armstrong and Getty Extra Large podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. We both enjoyed it thoroughly. We hope you will, too. I think this whole vaccine debate is going to get a heck of a lot hotter because Pfizer announced that they're looking for approval for immunization of infants within a couple of months. There's oh going to be a lot. I'm not comfortable with giving my infant the shot until I got more data. Is great-grandpa Joe going to mandate it? Can he? Will he? If you miss an hour, go to armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty.